Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Sounds good. Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by Charles Burns. How are you doing today? Good, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I know my my brother and, and my dad got to join too, so it's only a matter of time. I guess I'm just you know third choice when it comes to this kind of stuff, which I get. It's fine, completely fine. <laughs> no, you're not. No, it's just how schedules worked out. <laughs> yeah, no, I just messed with you, but but yeah, it's awesome. Man. I mean, like, a lot of people do appreciate what you're doing here. It's really cool, and Montana history, as far as sports go, is is it's fascinating. It's really interesting. So it's really fascinating, and I feel like it's something that doesn't get looked at. You know what I mean? We're just kind of forgotten when it comes to sports. Absolutely. No, no question. Like, um, as far as sports go in Montana, like we, we are like a, we, we go to class B. I'm sure my dad talked about this in his podcast. We used to go to the class B tournament every single year. Like there was a long stretch where, you know, we didn't miss a single class B, B tournament mm-hmm. um, because it's just so entertaining. I mean, I think class B basketball, as far as, you know, boys and girls, like it's, for us, the entertainment level, we're like always there. You get to see, you know, a lot of the reservation schools. You get to see, you know, a lot of, you know, these other schools like, you know, Viola, which where I went, like, the, you know, the Catholic boys school. And, and, you know, so it's like you get to see yeah. everything kind of come into one tournament and let's, all right, let's see who's going to win. So, I, I mean, that's why I, I found fascinating as far as sports go. Yeah. And I mean, down here in Billings, we don't get B, but we get C and we get A. And we, get, of course, get double A a lot. Um, and all of those are really cool tournaments to come here yeah i really my my junior and senior year a was really strong um like hamilton was really tough my junior year as well and kind of all in like um butte's always been tough as far as a goes and it's fun watching like a was really entertaining to watch because they still put up 70 points yeah and you get you know you have like 400 kids in the school 500 kids in the school and you know matt you know more i mean there's possibly even more so um, I, I really enjoyed A as well, and, and C, of course, too. I mean, it's all yeah. good basketball, man. What's really so. fun to see about the A schools is you'll get one or two kids that are like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and then the rest are small, and their 6'5 right. guys are just dominating right. the game. Right. <laughs> Don't mind watching that at all, dude. It's pretty cool, honestly. But. <laughs> for sure. So for you, you um, played in northern Arizona like your dad. So how did you – get to play there what was your path to go there yeah so I mean NAU has been since I was just a little kid I've been my number one destination like I was not I was so confident that I was going to go there and like that was my number one spot on my list since I was I mean little I'm talking five six years old um I, I mean as you know like Montana is a is a predominantly it's either Montana or Monta- Montana State like that's where you go and right. um and if you're anything else, you know, you're an outcast. Well, I was that outcast because we would go to every single, every time NAU came to town, we were at their practices before the game, the pregame shoot around before the game. And then of course the game itself. And then we'd all get in the car, drive up to Bozeman 
and then we go watch them play Montana State, and we there for the practice, we there for the shoot around where the so you know we were always there and always in it. So NAU was, I mean that that was my team, man. Like people were like, oh, what's your favorite college team? Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky, or no NAU? Like in Northern Arizona was my college basketball team. So I followed them um, all the way through until I was even up into high school. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So. You know, I haven't been able to talk to many Big Sky athletes that didn't go to MSU or U of M. So what was it like being a Montana kid and going to one of the other schools in the Big Sky? Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. Like when we when we would travel, and traveling is cool in the Big Sky, which I'm sure, you know, the other athletes of the interviews kind of tell you. It's, I mean, it's all the way from Arizona, California, Washington, Montana. I mean, all up and through there, right? Right. Um, and in Utah as well. So it's kind of like that whole West Coast that you get, you know, the whole West. Yeah. Um, so traveling, it's like you never, I mean, we'd bus one time, which would be like to, to Southern Utah. And that was it just because we were higher up in Arizona. Other than that, we were flying everywhere. So yeah, coming from Montana where you're bussing to, you know, it doesn't matter how far it is, you're bussing, right? I mean, like we, we fly everywhere. So it's like completely game changer for me, just new uh, environment too, with and being on teams with kids where they, you know, that's, that's normal for them. Like they'll go and fly and whatever. But, uh, but as far as playing in Montana, I mean, that was a cool experience. Like my freshman year, I went, we came up and, and played in Missoula and um, I'm like, geez, I know like half the, half the people in the state, like I'm warming <laughs> up and people left, right and center. Just like, Charles, hey, hey. And I'm like, that's like, I'm like, my team is like, dude, how many people do you know? I mean, which it wasn't crazy for me because I'm like, that's Montana. Like, that's how it goes, man. Like, so, I mean, it's a cool experience, though. I mean, I I maxed out all of my uh, family tickets I could and and got as many people as I could there because everyone would come and watch, which was cool. So very, very cool experience. That's awesome. Well, and I mean, you grew up right outside of Missoula. So going to Dahlberg Arena is basically a home game for you. Yeah, no kidding, right? I'm like, I think more people are just wanting to see me in more than they would watch the rest of this. You know, like people are, you know, and I'm like, you know, like my freshman year is like a three point game. I'm like, I sure, I, I sure as hell don't hope he doesn't put me in, man. That's the last thing I want right now. I mean, I'm, I'm nervous, little freshman dude, right? I'm like, please do not listen to him at all, coach. I don't want to go. There's no way, but, but yeah, so. Dahlberg Green, I mean, I've been in that, I mean, Jim watching thousands of games for, from NAU, right? From the NAU right. perspective, since I was little. So it's like, all right, now I'm on the bench. Like, I'm there. I'm in this. So it's, I mean, very surreal. Very, very surreal moment. For sure. So what was your favorite memory of being able to play at NAU? Uh, favorite memory? I mean, the first time I got in was 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 pretty crazy. Um we were playing, I think we were playing some uh, Juco team, which it was like beginning of the season, kind of way for us to kind of, you know, get some fans in the building and watch us score hundred points or whatever it was. But we got on the receiving end of that when we, when we go down to Arizona, they're doing the same thing right. to us. So it's, it's just a smaller domino, bigger domino type of situation. So um, that was an awesome moment getting in and, and, and scoring there. And then uh, also probably my favorite moment is we played my sophomore year, we played, we played Gonzaga, um, and they were the number one team in the country. That was the year they went undefeated. Wow. Um, and all the way through. Like, number one team in the country. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy, man. Like, these guys are legit. This is when they had, like, Suggs uh, and Kisberg. Um, oh, and wow. That was a Henry, really good so. team. Solid team, man. So, and then they lost to Baylor in the Natty. So, like, to watch them in the national championship after, I'm like, yeah, we like we played against those guys right there, and I got I got to go into in that game too, which was pretty which was pretty crazy. Last 
30 seconds or so. But I'm like, oh, yeah, pictures of Prue <laughs> You got in that game against the best team in the country. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but yeah, that was cool. I mean, my first, another cool experience too, we had my first college game ever was against Arizona and it was our season opener. And it was, um, it was their home opener. So first ever college game, their home openers. I mean, stands are packed. This is when they had Nico Mannion and Josh Green and, and that team right there. Uh-huh. I mean, oh, I've never been more nervous for anything in my life. And I knew how many minutes I was going to play, zero. But it didn't matter, man. Like, I was, like, in it. And we went to locker room around the 20-minute marker before the game started. And we came out with, like, 10 minutes left. And the stadium from then to there was just packed. I mean, you couldn't wow. – you could hear people chattering next to each other. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not in Montana anymore, man. This is, this is a different ball game. But, but oh, I mean, crazy cool experience. Crazy cool experience. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, just kind of – I mean, you talked on this a little bit, but just expand a little bit more on what that experience was like to play at Gonzaga and Arizona. I mean, those are two, I think, like mainstays in college basketball. So like to be able to play in those arenas. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it honestly doesn't like seem real until you're there. Like, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm actually going to go play. And then you're in there and it just kind of feel like, um, I don't know. Like, obviously no one is looking, but I just feel like everyone, there's so many people in the stands. That's like, okay, everyone, it feels like everyone's looking at you or everyone's like, like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just different coming from Montana where, in class B, they pack the stands. Like I, I'm not the crowd noise is good in there, and oh yeah, especially playing the reservation teams, man. Like though, like that is my favorite. Those are my favorite games to ever play. In. Not even close. It, it, it's not even close. Like reservation teams, are my favorite team to play because they pack the stands. They run and gun. It gets rowdy, but like that was just different. So like I thought I was ready, and I was like, it's just a whole different feel. Like I mean, it's it's packed, and it's just you can barely even hear yourself think. It's so. You know, it gets noisy in there. Unfortunately, we played Gonzaga, though. It was during the COVID year. It was my second year. So they didn't have any sta- any oh, you know, yeah. besides the cardboard cutouts or whatever. But um, which that student section, I would have been – that would have been a little worse for me because that, that student section is crazy. I don't know if you've ever made it out to Spokane. I haven't, but I've seen it on TV. So I, I don't know it in person, but on TV it seems crazy. Oh man, they're crazy. They're, they're so loud and just and all in unison. It's like, yeah, it's it's crazy. So, um, but yeah. So maybe it was a good thing that was during COVID here. Then. Yeah, no kidding. I was like, you know what? It wasn't so bad after all. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that was. Uh, I went to a game this year too, and I'm like, gosh, I'm. I start thinking, I'm like, man, if I was warming up in this in these kids were all and they're all yelling at the, at the opposing team right like all the students like they're just college kids right so they're just yelling at them and i'm like man if that was me i would not have done so well in that environment it would have <laughs> i was shriveled up <laughs> but no i mean i don't know i got used to it as, as it went because you know big sky too i mean they, they bring it as far as like weber state and in, in, in southern utah montana's honestly probably the best as far as like um packing the stands but they're yeah. all residential. So you're not getting college kids in there. And that's what people understand when you step outside of Montana. Like a lot of these colleges are like student based, but you come into Montana where it's primarily residential, dude, you're getting, you're getting all these people that are, that have been going to the games for the last 20 years. Yeah. And they fill the stands. So it's like, it's just a different, you know, feel. So like that, those are the most filled arenas, definitely Montana, Montana state. So it's, 
as far as Big Sky goes, those were cool to play under as well. Yeah, well, and I mean, the thing about Montana and Montana State that I've seen is it's almost like the Grizz and Cats are like a personality trait for Montanans. <laughs> right. Oh, no, it is. Well, like, it, this is something I was explaining to, like, to have people understand, like, why? Because my team's like, why do they have so many people in here? I go, well, you got to think about the state of Arizona, right? NAU, a small D1 called, you know, in the Big Sky Conference. Not only are we competing against ASU and Arizona, we're also competing with the Phoenix Suns. That, that's the biggest basketball yeah. in there. It's the Phoenix Suns, right? Then you go down the ladder, it's like Phoenix Suns and Arizona, then Arizona State, right? right. Um, for Montana, the Big Sky teams, Montana, Montana State, that's the biggest basketball in the entire state. Right. So that's why they have so many people come. That's the biggest sporting event, you know what I mean, as far as basketball. It's the highest competing basketball in the entire state. That's why they get so many people in there. So it's, you know, we didn't get as many, of course, as Montana, and that's the reason why. So. No, for sure. So you mentioned Weber State's um, stadium, and it's kind of cool. How neat is it to be able to play there, or was it to Dude, be able that to play stadium there? Is aw- I think it was such a cool stadium. I really like that. It's it's the floor is really well done, and then also it's the dome, right? So it's like the big old circulated dome. Yeah, and they fill it too. They do a really good job of filling it as well. Um, that's probably on. That's that's probably in the top as like four as far as like getting people inside their stadium. They're very residential as well. But I really enjoyed. That's probably one of my favorite gyms to play in the Big Sky, if not yeah. the best gym to play in the Big Sky. Um, it's incredible, dude. It's, it's it is a cool stadium. Yeah. So one thing about NAU that I didn't realize until a few years ago is Flagstaff is very high up in elevation. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> how is that for an adjustment? <laughs> so I mean, every single time we come back for you, the beginning of the season or summer summer training camp you got to give yourself two weeks, like two, two weeks to fully adjust. Um, NAU has the best cross country team in the entire nation. So they're the only big sky, the only big sky school with a national championship and it's in cross country. And it's because they're at 7,000 feet elevation. And it, 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 the terrain is so, it's so weird as far as like, okay, you can drive two and a half hours and you're now you're in Phoenix in the middle of the desert. Right. right. Whereas versus your, you can be in Flagstaff where they get snow, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is kind of, so the train, it's just very weird enough about training wise, man. I mean, conditioning was just a different level. Like I'd be in shape and then I'd go into Flagstaff and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not in as good shape as I thought I was because <laughs> there you're huffing and you're, you just can't catch your breath. It's not even about being in shape. It's like they just, the oxygen, because it's so high up it's there's less oxygen up there right because it's higher in elevation Mm -hmm. so you just can't even catch your breath like you can't even get your rhythm back going so you're just you know it's it's just nothing so so then if you get in good shape up there you're in good shape anywhere else you go in the country because obviously it just gets better sea level you go down to sea level and you're like i can run for days man i'm i mean i can go do this cross country thing like let me join the cross condo but but yeah i mean when people would come up to and I'm sure they mentioned this in football. Like I know certain teams, at least for, for my buddies that at Montana were telling me they've got a sub completely different as far as football goes because at NAU, because like those big guys can't, they can't handle like those linemen can't handle like that much. So they practice no. subbing before they come up to Flagstaff, which is like interesting. It's very, very fascinating. Well, I mean, I see it in the NFL with um, Denver. They have those masks and that's only at 5,000 right. feet. And I think, right. Flagstaff's at 7,000, isn't it? 7,000. I mean, it is up there. Like, 
it, it's like um, it, it's very dry up there as well, and it's just you got to get a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, I mean tons more than you can think. So, um, yeah, yeah, Denver's high up as well, but it's it's not it's still even then like it's not as high up as as Flag. So, no, it's crazy. So, one thing about college sports that I think kind of gets overlooked is how much work it is. What is your or what was your day to day life like? as a basketball player for NAU? I honestly, personally, I mean, I didn't like all of it to the extent. Like is probably not the right word. But I did like it as far as um, having a schedule. Like, everything we did was schedule built. So, like, we'd be up. Um, we, we, my, my coach liked doing practice and weights in the mornings. So, we'd be um, up right, right around probably about 8 to do – eight. so, like, 8 o'clock is when weights would start, and then we go and do practice after – takes us to right around about noon. Um, after that, we go do our classes. Right after classes, you go to our tutors, probably do some more classes in between just based on schedule. And then we go and do study hall. So they do this mandatory study hall um, for about, I think it was, we did, I had to do like um, 10 hours a week or something like that of study hall. So it'd be like, you know, two hours a day during the week. Yeah. And we go on, on, uh, on Saturdays or, or Sundays or just depending on how you wanted to chop it up. But I mean, we go right from tutors right to classes, right back to study hall. And then your head hits the pillow at like 10 or 10 30 and then boom, do it all over again. So I, I mean, the grind was there. Like, I mean, of course we were grinding, but it's like, I didn't mind it just because once I got used to it, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a kind of a schedule oriented guy. So I'm like, I, I don't mind it. Like, I don't like being all over the place and I got used to it and I got used to getting up that at the time and I go to bed at the exact same time. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of carried on to what I'm doing now as well, too. So, like, I mean, I go to bed at the same time, get up at the same time, eat breakfast at the same time. So it's it's um, it's um nice. I, I I actually appreciate it in the long run. I didn't appreciate it at the time because I was like, I'm at 7,000 feet was catching up to me the whole time. Oh, I can only imagine that's I, – I can't even imagine being that high all the time, honestly. Right. That would just be so rough. Yeah. So how did you get yourself to be – at the level to get college recognition when you were in high school? As far as high school goes, I, when I got done with my senior year and as I was kind of approaching senior year, I mean, I emailed and sent film to every coach I could even get contact of. If I had his email and sent it to him. So um, I, I mean, as far as NAI goes in Montana, which is like super competitive right now, like incredibly competitive. And yeah. like, that's, that was kind of like my option. Like I, I wanted that to, I wanted to go um, in AI, but I, you know, NAU was obviously like, like that's where I was set on. So, um, and I had been in co um, contact with Coach Murphy, who was the former coach beforehand, and then, um, and then he actually took a job with Arizona, being assistant Arizona, and so I was in contact with him at that time. In my senior year, at the end of my senior year, they're like, "We have a new interim coach. It's the assistant coach Burkhardt." I'm like, "Oh no!" Like now I have no, you know what I mean. I have no, I don't know who this guy is. I, I met him once because, you know, of course we go to every NAU game, but um, so I was kind of in a pickle there. So did a lot of tryouts with um, a handful of different um, teams here in, in, in Montana, NAI, NAI wise. So I went up to uh, Montana tech and, and did the kind of open gym and kind of tried out with them. Uh, Western as well. I did one with Carol too. And the only thing I ever got was, was like a walk-on offer and maybe a little scholarship maybe i mean maybe like mm -hmm. all right we'll pick up your books this one semester something like that you know how right it's not all it's any eyes a little bit different as far as offering <laughs> their scholarships and whatnot so you know i was kind of like well man i guess i can go and 
walk on here or you know do this or that but like it's you know i saw it i, I really honestly did not have any scholarship offers coming out of high school because honestly my senior year we did well we went to uh, we, we lost in the state shipper against against big fork and we did well and i was you know i was i was all great i, I really didn't think i was i was really you know as good as i as i could have been but um i mean from what from at least from now but then that you know one day i was actually with my trainer and we were we were like i was lifting or something and got a call from from um from my dad or from my coach from coach burkhart but i was training so i didn't you know i, I didn't answer it <laughs> right i mean the one phone call i'm supposed to pick up of course and, uh, <laughs> and then my and then my parents were just you know blowing up my trainer he's like hey tell charles and like my trainer's like hey charles go go my parents want you to go get your phone and i'm like oh geez what's going on you know, what's wrong and then <laughs> apparently you know he I called him back and then he offered me he said listen i as far as walk-ons go we want guys that want to be here and given your history and given your given you know what you've showed me as far as film and everything we want you here because we want guys walk-ons especially like they just want guys that are going to work and guys that right. want to be there right i mean a lot of walk-ons are you know guys that they're going to try to go to the next level they're always trying to get a scholarship but for me it was like i was 100 percent being content with being a walk-on you know what i mean if i were to got a yeah. scholarship at at any of those NAI schools, no, and I got this walk-on offer from NAU, there's no question I'd take that over it 10 out of 10 times. There's there's just no question. And that's just because I love the program, and and he realized that, and he saw that, so. And I still have a great relationship with him, and, and he's my, he's the best coach I've had, so don't tell my dad that, but he's the best, he's the <laughs> best coach. My dad coached me for a long time, too. He's close second, though. He made the list, at least. Yeah, that's okay, right? I mean, your dad's your dad's always going to be on the list, anyways. So, yeah, at least this isn't going public, so we'll we'll be good on that end. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but. awesome, man! So, what advice do you have for high school, middle school age basketball players that want to go to college and play at the next level? Um, like for for me, I mean, I was never, and this is like for me, it's kind of the easier stuff. Like the stuff that I see as easy is kind of the stuff that gets recognized by coaches. Like first of all, like I was never, I was always in the gym. Like whether it was with someone or without someone, like I was twenty four seven. Man, I was, I get out of school, I'm gonna go and, and go, you know, shoot or do this or that, dribbling drills. I did everything I could. So I, I know, like, at the end of the day, like, okay, no one's gonna be outworking me in that sense. But the easier stuff that I think that what got me the furthest is doing the little stuff like coaches love defense. I love diving on the floor for loose balls. Like I'm a skinny dude. Like I'm, I'm, I'm 150, um, especially like in high school, I was skinny and I'd come home and I would have my hips would just be completely bruised. My elbows just be torn. Oh. I, I like, that was like, that was kind of part of it though. I'm like, I didn't really, I didn't really mind. I threw in like hip pads. Like I had like little freaking hip pads I had to throw on because I was getting so many, I didn't want to like chip the bone or something. But I mean, I like that intense defense and just diving for those loose balls. Like coaches love that. And I honestly, I actually like it too, because it's more of an energy kind of player, you know, energy kind of guy. Like I, I loved doing that, dude. So if any advice I have for, for kids, it's like, don't ever, there shouldn't be a day where you're like, all right, well, I guess I could have worked a little bit harder. Like leave it all out on the floor too. So like any loose balls, any, anything of that source where you can play our defense, one possession, diving for something. I mean, take advantage of it. And, and not enough kids do. Like, you, you think that's the simple mm -hmm. stuff and it's kind of the basic answer, but it's like, it's really not. I mean, it's it's basic because it's true. It's like, kids don't do it enough, man. So right. that's what got me recognition and especially against the 
six, eight guys that I was playing with every day. And I'm like, ah, well, our, I go, my center in high school was about six, five Cooper waters who actually played at um, tech for football, six, five. And I'm like, I'm playing against guards that are like six, five, you know, I'm like, yeah. these dudes, uh, tall as my center. So, um, but yeah, so I, but I, in my mind, I'm like, that doesn't really kind of change what I, I didn't really care. You know, I, that's kind of the mindset you're going to have to have. It's like, I don't care who I'm, who I'm guarding. So, um, right. I kind of train myself to do that. <laughs> well, who is the toughest person you had to guard? That kind of gave me another question there. Yeah, we had, so, um, he transferred to LMU. He's at LMU now, Lila Marymount. And his name's Cam Shelton. So he is, I mean, he was tough. He's about a, um, he was, he was a first team big sky guy. I think he's a he's a thousand point scorer in in NAU history, and I'd have to guard him every single day. So he was I think he's right around six. Gosh, I mean I was I was right at him. He's probably about six one, not very big, tall, just stout and could finish anywhere. He could shoot. I mean he could do it all. Like I'd never seen it before. And every day, I mean you they would stick him. I would I would have to guard him, and I had no I had no problem with it. I'd I'd, t- I'd tell him I'd let him know. I'm like I had no problem doing this. I'll do this all day because he'll score on me probably. He'd score on me, I mean, gosh, nine times out of ten. But that one I would get him on, I'd let him I'd let him know. He'd still <laughs> he'd know about it. We still talk actually to this day. We have a group chat with all of our former guys. We we chat in that thing every single day with NBA, what's going on in the NBA and anything sports related or just about us. So we, we talk all the time. But but yeah, and he's easily the toughest dude I ever guarded. I mean, gosh, just quick first step was like that's what uh, he got me way better. Like he increased the way I played just because you kind of play with the level that you're playing with. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that until after, even after college. I mean, like now, like this is my first year that I um, stopped playing college basketball, my first full year. And um, I mean, I, I came and I got to play like intramurals and like rec ball and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, I did I used to never be quicker than everyone else on the floor, but I, I just competed with that level and that, that as high as he did, like I to stay with him, I had to become quicker. And over time, I just kind of, so then once I got back here, back in Montana, when I'm playing, you know, pickup basketball and stuff, I'm like, okay, it's just starting to, starting to pay off a little bit. I'm not the bottom <laughs> of the barrel anymore this, at NAU, so. But. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome for sure. Well, hey, Charles, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been awesome to talk to you and hear your story about NAU and basketball in general. It's been awesome to talk to you. Yeah, Mitch, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. This podcast is awesome. I've, I've got the chance to listen to a handful of episodes now, you know, ever since, you know, my dad got on and, and, and kind of go back and, and listen to them. And dude, it's awesome what you're doing. Like people need to hear these stories about Montana, old time sports and the new generation of sports. Cause it's, it's fascinating, man. I mean, I'm it a big is. history guy. I'm a big history guy. So I like, I love Montana and, and, and I love, I love sports. So it's, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, I'm sure you got a big following as far as that goes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've loved doing it. I've loved getting to meet people like your family and just a bunch of people, man. It's been great. And it's been great to see how many people are so willing to come on for 20, 30 minutes and share their story. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, appreciate people appreciate uh, appreciate you offering them, you know, extending that. So, I mean, the stories need to be shared, right? I mean, there's some of them that have to get out there. So you're, you're doing your part as far as that goes. Yeah, no, it's been great. Well, hey, I want to thank you so much for coming on and have a great rest of your night. Yeah, you too, Mitch. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good night.